We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson... Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey ho, don't forget that the Santa Project's still going on, going on till Saturday. We're giving money to the Ronald McDonald House because there's families that are staying there through the holidays, far from home, going through a big medical fight. So we had some sponsors match a thousand bucks: Grandpad, Voyage Healthcare, ClearStep Financial, Huxley Optical, Burnsville Heating and Air. So we want to say thanks to them one more time. And if you want to give, go to mytalk1071.com, keyword Santa. Now let's do the third hour of the LoJ Show. You let's know do it. it. Let's do uh, it. All right. Do you want the good news or the bad news about George Clooney's new space saga, The Midnight Sky, that he has been? delightful, charming I'm going to take, take the good news first. Okay, the good news is that um, it is, there are thoughtful themes in the movie and it is a poignant performance from George Clooney who does look, uh, I would say, for people who would know this reverence, Grizzly Adams. Yes. Maybe David Letterman-ish. Caramanian Johnson. Santa Claus. He's got a big old beard, but he's got a a point in performance, and the little girl is good, too. All right. But the movie stunk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't like these movies. Here's what Roger Friedman wrote. What the heck is George Clooney doing in space again? He made a splashy, memorable cameo in Gravity. Oh, I hated that movie with Sandra Bullock. Oh, I didn't even watch it. A perfect trip through the cosmos, uh, but he's gone back in the midnight sky. It's two different stories. Um, He's the last man at a weather station in the Arctic, but something's gone wrong on Earth. Everyone at the station is headed back to the world in oblivion, and Clooney stays behind and discovers a little girl who doesn't speak. But she's very well behaved and she follows him around. And in deep space, astronauts are trying to get home. It's David Oyello and Felicity Jones have been up in space so long they're having a baby. Okay. Oh, they And then okay. Damien Bashir and Kyle Chandler are the main guys. Oh, Kyle. Kyle. Coach Taylor. Yeah. Friday Night Lights. And there's Big a bunch of people. people or something. Uh, warm hearts, big people. No, that's not it. Clear eyes, Clear. full heart. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the look of disgust in your eyes when you had well, to that was a few so, today. It was so far off, and you used to love that show, and you used to be able to quote that quote for like nothing. But I knew the minute I said Kyle Chandler, it would you bring the would. Friday Night Lights. I, so good. If people have never watched that, that and would he just does be always show up as like an FBI guy or a government guy. Always. He's a great char- you know, character part. I can see him being an astronaut. Love him. 
So there's, uh, anyways, serious space movies are boring. The Martian is you, about the only Lauren exception. I hate the space. And after Ad Astra, everybody should have just stopped. We hate the space. Mm-hmm. Can I but, give a... But George is not, he's in some ways lost his focus since he's gotten married and had kids because he's had a string of he stinkers. He lost it before that, Lori. He did a ton of well, bad Tomorrow movies. Well, Tomorrowland, he was single. That was horrible. Monuments Men. Horrible. He directed that. Money Monster. Horrible. Um, Lori, he's been, he's had a bad run. We could use an Ocean's 92. Yeah. Because I love those movies. (laughs) He needs to get back together with the Coen brothers or something. He does, yeah. yeah. Midnight Sky begins playing on Netflix this weekend. No one will mind it, but Roger writes, when you get to the end, I don't know what to say. The movie doesn't end so much as it drifts away. The credits start rolling and, well, there's a reason old movies used to end with the words, the end. I absolutely <laughs> loved knowing that. Remember, they'd end and then the credits would go up. And I'm the thinking end. of the end of, like, mm-hmm. Young Frankenstein. Doesn't that have a funny ending, the end or yeah. something? Well, or, I don't know, or, but, like, I guess it's not clear <laughs> Like the in Blazing over. Saddles, or I felt like Mel Brooks used to say the end and big bold things yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end of his movies. Hmm. Can I just I can I'm not I, sure that any of that's something. Yeah, but, you, know, I, I, you don't think it's true? Well, yeah, they might have mm. said the end at the end of his movies, but I, I don't know if that's very funny. But well, maybe I, hate I don't you. know. I, I hate both of you today. I really, it's really not funny I because really, you're not explaining it well. Like you're, I really don't like you guys today. Your garbage just, can I, and full. I was just so funny. At, at the end, it said the end. Oh, just. It made no sense. Don't make me swear. Don't just, make me swear. I just said that's how movies always used to end with the end. Yeah, or I, in uh, French really, would say fond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bonjour. <Yeah>. Au revoir. <laughs> Where's the chauffeur? Okay, Laurie, back to whatever. No, I'm fine with you going off on whatever this is. You know? I'm having a day. Is what? that what it's called? <laughs> I did look up something. See, I knew there's more Rocco. <laughs> okay. If I just leave some silence, okay, she'll right. panic and tell me what's actually going on. Because I'm like, ah, it doesn't seem well, like you're interested. Well, it got me thinking when we were thinking about the beards on George Clooney. And I asked the, what? the beards on George oh, Clooney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got me going down this tangent, tangent of one of the movies that I thought was one of the best movies growing up. And that was Jeremiah Johnson oh, yeah, with Robert Redford. One. And I didn't know if Rocco and his generation have ever seen it. And I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. And it's 95%. Yeah, that shows up all the time. Does it? They have well, Robert he's in Redford. A meme, right? Yeah. That, like from a, from Jeremiah Johnson. And uh, Hannah didn't know that was Robert De Niro. I mean, Robert, Robert, Redford. Robert, Robert Redford. Oh, I didn't know this. That thing where he's in, uh, he's got his, like, you know, bear coat on. He does. And, and he's like looking at the camera. And like the beard. And and yeah, he's, just, he's just dreamy in mm. this. So I just thought if people wanted a good old movie, good old fashioned movie, that movie. I love that movie. I loved that growing up. Yeah. All right. That and the outlaw Josie Wales I can oh, watch yeah. again. They kind of are the same yeah. feel of that, you know. Yeah. Revenge, mountain man, love, loneliness. Yes. All of that. He looks beautiful. The movie, I just, I love Emily Blunt so much, and she was so darling on The View today, but she's promoting, and they showed a trailer, and I thought, how is it that the English woman, Emily Blunt, and Jamie Dornan, also English, 
how can they be so bad at Irish accents for this movie called Wild Mountain Time, which Deborah Winger performed on Broadway. And it just, this movie is the guy who wrote it. His name is, um, I'll get it here in a, okay. in a second. Um, Stanley, he wrote Doubt, John Patrick Stanley. He wrote Doubt, you know, mm-hmm. that play, which turned into a movie. Mm-hmm. He also won a screenplay for writing Moonstruck. Which we loved. Loved. Yeah. and um, But anyway, um, Deborah. What's the concept about this Well, movie? Deborah Messing, it's two people on a farm. It's like, sounds so dumb. But anyway, Deborah Messing, when she did her Broadway debut with, debut with her appalling British accent, opened to horrible reviews and somehow this has been made into a movie with Emily Blunt not able to do an Irish accent and Jamie Dornan and Jamie Dornan also not able to English people yeah you would think that they would and they're both wildly allergic to farm animals and the whole thing takes place on a farm that's funny two couple in their 30s it is at like 25 percent and most people are and Christopher Walken narrates it Oh, that just sounds god awful, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. unless there's a hot sex scene or two. No, is apparently that is very, animals. very well, disappointing. If you would no, like, yeah, not with the farm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Racker, now that well, wasn't okay. Racker. That was I not. I found it funny. Funny. Yeah. The end. <laughs> the end. Who knows? But anyway, it's a rom com mess. Um, oh. I think maybe John Hamm might be in it. Ooh. It's rural uh, Ireland and the Irish uh, Times. I bet I like it. Is going Which crazy. Really bothers me. Yeah, I know it. Well, you I bet I do like try it. Try it. They, is it on Netflix this weekend? It is, Jules. Yeah. But no one can recommend it highly. <laughs> but I, if you want to watch it for us and report back another thing. Um, but yeah, John Hamm is in it. Uh, Emily Blunt, a casualty of the accent curse. But see, that stuff doesn't bug me. So if I can get past the accents, which never bugs me. But you love a good Irish accent. I do. I think it's too dirty. Mm -hmm. I do. But she did talk about, like, John Krasinski and, you know, he's just been a vital anchor and doing his... Some, Some good, good news, news show. And it was she one of he, the most YouTube things of the mm-hmm. 2020. But she said it absolutely took over their life. Oh, really? It yeah. was the first thing he thought about in the morning and the last thing. And he did everything himself, calling all, booking all the right. guests, doing the wow. decorations. And he'd had the idea for like a long time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she's they're a very cute couple. And, and maybe, you know, if a leprechaun can save the day, Julia, you maybe it I is like you. Because I watched that cute movie, Leap Year. And? It's a romantic comedy. It's Starling. Yeah. Starling. It's older. But I do like those little Irish yeah. things. I don't know if you like Manx, but I really like that Did you movie. like it? I, feel- I watched that last weekend. Did you watch it? I, I'm planning on watching it. The wife and I are trying to get through Citizen Kane first. Oh, gosh. Oh. We're oh. about halfway through. How but. many time, How many sittings has it been it's so far? It's where we did one. We had a good session like Friday night, but we have not Actually, Rocco, I wanted to watch Citizen Kane after watching Manx, and uh-huh. I've never completely watched the whole Either movie. Either have I. But this movie, Manx, okay. is so... I mean, at first it does start off a little slow. You're like, what is going on? But it is about, you know, Orson Welles has all this fame after War of the Worlds. Right. And he gets a two-picture deal that he can have the last cut. It can be about anything. It's like unheard of. It's like the deal Prince got when he was 18. The War of the Worlds, that fame exploded Orson Welles into superstardom because the whole world talked about it, knew about it, and... 
he apologized and stuff for it, but he really didn't care because he all along wanted to be making movies. So his friend, this Hank Mankiewicz, he's like, I'm going to send you to this nice place away, like by San Simeon, up, you know, almost to Northern California, north of, and I want you to just crank out a script, and here's just an outline of what the story is. So maybe, Rocco, you're saying watch watch Mank and then go back and watch Citizen Kane? Uh, To me, like, that was, like, the more, like... I don't think you have to watch Citizen gotcha. Kane to watch Manx. If anything, Manx might make you be interested in Citizen Kane. And of course, if you're you know a movie buff, you just have to watch this movie because it is Gary Oldman hits it out of the park again. He's so incredible. He really is a, a, of an actor. He I mean, really the, the Winston is. Churchill, the longer whatever know. that movie we was. We just didn't like him for a while. Yeah, because no, of his he's lazy. a dink. He's a dink, but yeah. he's a great actor. <laughs> he's a great he really actor. is a dink. Uh huh. But it is a, that movie is like people are digging that. That's like ninety seven percent. That's intrigued really me to watch black and white, right. and you know the William Randall Hurst is played by the great Charles Dance, who was um, the dad in Game of Thrones. Of, oh, sure. And he is a the way he dies is yeah. you know in the sun and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he also played Lord Mountbatten in The Crown this last oh, season yeah, of The yeah. Crown. You recognize I love that actor. Yeah, his name is yeah. Charles Dance. Okay, and he like plays him. William Randolph Hearst, and Amanda Zeifried gives so much light and love and liveliness really? to Marion Davies, the soap opera, or the silent film star. She's like from Brooklyn. They say she's like Oscar going for to this. the Takis and yeah. just like kind of. I always just would go, Marion Davies, you know, William Randolph's her uh, mistress, but she really has quite a story in this. And of course, if you're if you've ever been to Santa Monica, you've gone by the beautiful Santa Monica. It's a private beach club, but that was the home that William Randolph Hearst built for Marion Davies, so she would be close to a studio. Honestly, as well as San Simeon, it's time to go. It's time okay. for the driller. But right. I did like that detour and like the that? recommendation. I thought yeah. it was brilliant. Okay, right, we'll, we'll be right back. back. This is a my talk dirt alert. Holly, we're patiently ready, waiting for the dirt. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Just two recommendations based off of your last conversation about the movie Mank. Yeah. If you want to dive deeper into that history, watch RKO 281. It was an HBO movie starring Lee Schreiber. Oh, about, I love him. Yeah, about the making of Citizen Kane. James Cromwell plays William Randolph Hearst. Okay. It's very good. Also, if you're into this stuff, if you guys haven't watched the movie, Movie, the cats. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Meow. 
It's about 20 years old, and Kirsten Dunst plays Marion Davies in this movie. Oh, so he really is has a rich, colorful life that William Randolph oh my gosh. Uh, well, do stories on. Well, and that cats me out. If you guys haven't done the vintage scandal, it no. was all about the weekend cruise where they were celebrating this guy's birthday, and he was killed. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. I oh. do know about this story. Yeah. Well, it's a great vintage scandal. All right. A we're writing it down. Yeah, a wonderful movie. We still don't know what happened, happened so, to that guy. Yeah, so there's a lot of dirt Have there. Have you seen Manx? I haven't yet. Oh, you're going to like it. Oh, wonderful. Fabulous. Mm. Well, that's on Netflix right now. We got to get to some Kelly okay. Clarkson legal drama that's unfolding yes. right now. So we're learning more about Kelly Clarkson's divorce courtesy of uh, documents obtained by OK Magazine in page six. So in these new legal documents, Kelly Clarkson is describing her partnership with Starstruck Management. Now, that is the management company of her soon-to-be ex-husband, Brandon. What a terrible name. Isn't it, though? Yeah, it's so (laughs) cheesy. Like, it was made, I'm starstruck by you. I'm going to make a management company. You can pay me 10%. Yeah, it was like Ed McMahon made the name for you and you guys decided to stick with it. Well, anyway, so Kelly Clarkson is accusing members of Starstruck Management, now specifically Brandon and his dad Narvel, of fraud and illegal services. She's describing her partnership with Starstruck as, quote, a fraudulent and subterfuge device, excuse me, for Starstruck's illegal services as unlicensed agents. They manage, you know, Blake Shelton. Yes. Now, here's a distinction in the world of Hollywood. There is a legal distinction between a talent agent and a manager. And so I think that's what she's pointing out in this. uh, Johnny Depp had this situation when he sued his longtime people that worked with him. Remember, this was the thing he said, too. There's been like a gap in California law. Right. So here's the law. It's called California's Talent Agencies Act. And it's a section of the labor code that requires agents operating in the state to be licensed and bonded. Now, Kelly's alleging that Starstruck neither obtained the bond nor her written approval to act as her agent. It's like one thing if you're being a manager and you can do that in any number of ways, technically. But an agent is a very specific thing. And you have to be licensed and bonded in order to practice that in the state of California. So then they, they've she's been charging that them. They've, they've been double dipping. Yeah, yeah. And defrauding her. Right. That's wow. what they're saying in these how, documents. How how has Kelly been doing this? Good Lord. You know what's this, in it's interesting, Kelly Clarkson, the whole handling of this, so we're getting all of these legal documents about the nature of their relationship, and then she just kind of subtly alludes or sings. Or sings about it on the Kelly Clarkson yeah, show. Yeah, yesterday she sang It Must Have Been Love um, and sang it quite passionately. But it was also the one-year anniversary of the you know, lead singer from Roxette passing away. Oh, yeah. And then today she did uh, the Joan Osborne, One of Us. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she's telling us in song, and she had Glennon Doyle on, but I think it is just taking... She's like learning, like listening to something that her mom or Reba have said to her. It's taking everything she can. Well, this is a little bit something about Reba. Because she's not doing anything to smear him in the way she could. Well, nor, nor... But sometimes when someone has defrauded you and done you wrong, there's ways of, of doing, uh, you know, reputational harm, Julia, if you want to get even without it ever coming back to you. I know, but I don't think that's who she is. I'm just saying. Here's what happened, you know, because Reba was married to Kelly Clarkson's dad. dad. 
And she said, this Who is, is her manager. Yes, right. And she said her That's split from Starstruck Entertainment. She said she was pretty much when her divorce was finalized in October of 2015. She said I was pretty much forced to make a management move. It wasn't my choice to take over my career as a manager. I didn't see it coming, but you know, that's life. So she started Reba Business Incorporated and okay. she's in charge of her own career. All right. Yeah, because Reba McIntyre was married to Narvel Blackstock mm-hmm. from 1989 to 2015. And the word was that he was stepping out on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, messy. Yeah. These Blackstock men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my goodness. So this is going to go to court in February. Uh, there, or That is being suggested at this point, mm-hmm. though uh, OK and Page Six are saying that, you know, this case, because it involves the Talent Agencies Act, could end up in the Supreme Court. Well, this is what they were hoping, the Johnny Depp thing. That's right. what people were talking about. But because it was we gonna... found out from the Hollywood Reporter, people were more appalled that Johnny Depp would sue people that had been business in business with him for 30 years. Yeah. They thought that said a lot about him when he knew what was going on with all of that. And he settled that, so he knew that. If they probably he probably wasn't a good case for this. Right. Now, Lori, you sent me a note on that Johnny Depp story today. You were curious, okay, so this big expose essentially came out in the Hollywood Reporter, but Johnny Depp is still represented by his agent, who's super powerful in Hollywood, Brian Lord, the dad of Billy Lord, the ex of Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. That's still Johnny Depp's agent? Yeah, that's who he's rep by, CAA, Brian Lord. Still. Yes. Through all this. Yes. And so what were your thoughts on that? What well, were you speculating about? I guess I'm speculating that the Hollywood Reporter is an industry trade. It's yes. read by everyone who works in Hollywood, right. anyone who does business in Hollywood, producers, agents, execs, agent, publicists, crew, actors. It's kind of the Bible. Yes. If you will that and and Variety not and the Hollywood Reporter are owned by the same company. But they're well-connected, and they have well-established sources, and they've built connections. This isn't National Enquirer, People, or well, right. Us Weekly. And the, I mean, there were some real bombshells in that story. Article. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And then even going back to the conversation that Johnny Depp was having with Christian, Christian Carino, who is an agent at CAA, who mm-hmm. used to be Lady Gaga's ex-fiance, and ooh, those things that they were saying to I mean, other. their big thesis is that Johnny, the Hollywood reporter, Johnny Depp did this to himself, yes. but I mean, he paid a settlement to his first wife that we didn't know about and using different names because she had a tape of him going off. It, this has been going on for a really long time. And if he sues the Washington Post of this libel thing, oh. I mean, Angeline, Ooh. every woman he's, he's dated done. or done is going to be deposed. Oh. 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 All right. Well, radioactive Johnny Depp. Oh, Lordy. And your theory is? Okay. All right. This is a theory that everybody has had uh, since... The pandemic started is that oh lord don't let me have to sneeze anywhere in public oh, okay it everyone is. and no one panic it's at the panic disco. at the disco I how to sneezed. stop the sneeze from coming what to do to make sure you're going to do the sneeze correctly well 
It's so true because I sneezed and peed the other day. I was so panicked about my sneeze. I wasn't focusing That's on... That's a sneed. I wasn't you focusing sneed. on on <laughs> and clinching. I was focusing on I'm in a store with a mask on, so freaked out that I'm going to sneeze. Sneeze and people are going to just shoot you dagger eyes. Where was I? I was in Marshalls. Okay. I was just freaking out. All right. Well, like here... I just sneed. You sneed. Uh-huh. <laughs> because you had to sneed in order to save... Your mini atomic bomb of sneeze stuff coming out. So listen, this what this is. They have been okay. studying this across the pond. Everybody's got. There's so much money now for people to study droplets, yeah. emissions, yeah. blah blah blah. So they studied sneezing. Okay, and the researchers uh, in the United Kingdom say the power of a sneeze or a cough. Um, can go further than six feet, but they found that an unprotected sneeze will act like a mini atomic bomb and can travel as far as 12 feet. Oh, for crying out loud. But listen to this. They did a mathematical model. They showed what it happens when people let loose with a sneeze or a cough in the open air, and it regularly flies over 11 feet, okay, without a face mask. And these two doctors... um, they said the problem with the, you know, why some people can really, and some people like Julia, your sneezes un, unarmed without anything catching it. You're one of the more hugest sneezers I've ever, uh, you, I bet your buoyant vortex is, that's what My they BV. call it. Your BV mm-hmm. might be more than 11 feet. Just saying. That's I'm a projector. <laughs> you're a projector. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the turbulent motion of hot and dense air that you work up as you get ready to eject a sneeze. You know, and wow. sometimes everyone it's can... It's stressful, though. I'm going to be an idiot totally. if you have a cough. It, totally. It, it's so stressful. But here is the good news. Okay. okay? You had a mask on, so at least totally. you had that going on. And put my arm over my thing and did and ducked. Okay. I mean, I did everything possible, here's, but it controlled myself from having a little tinkle. Yeah, here's what they here's what the researchers said. You can alter so if you do have to sneeze, if something is going on, how if you tilt your head down. Mm-hmm. Of course this makes sense. You know, we learned sneeze, sneeze in your myself. elbow. Sneeze in your elbow, but tilt your head down. It's the people who are at chewing out loud without a mask, straight up. That's going twelve oh, feet. Sure. Just know that. That, that, that looks like you were dabbing. Remember that? Remember that move? Yes. The dab. Yeah. The dab. Totally. Uh huh. So that's it. Just tilt down, and it drastically uh, we, cuts. Okay. Cuts seriously, that. I was having like a panic attack. Yeah. Over it. So you did I'm, everything right. I'm running to the farthest corner of Marshalls. I'm mm-hmm. by men's socks. I'm like, and you don't ah. want to sneeze on something. No, no. I was panicked. I know. And then I'm like, because the judgment. Hmm. Disappeared in the physics of fluids, which oh. I was paging through to find a study of duh. P.F. I, I just thought I would, you know, let you know that that is a journal, <laughs> the physics of fluid. I kind of like to win that. Okay. I learned about the BV and the, the P.F. Yeah. The buoyant vortex. vortex. Mm-hmm. So just, yeah, look down fast. It was, yeah. Look down fast yeah. and sneeze in your elbow and pull. Maybe you have a mask on. Okay. Here is. A theory that do you think most new dog owners, or even if they haven't been an owner for a while, if are they prepared 
for the time and attention a new dog takes? For exactly how much, what they're going to lose in the first year. Because there's a... Financially or time-wise? No, there's been research on oh, exactly... Oh, the shoes. Yes. The shoes. Oh, Lori, how many shoes have I lost from puppies? The first year, okay. A care table, a shoe. Yeah, the first year of dog ownership, people should expect to use, to lose uh, plenty of shoes, pieces of furniture in the first year, and they've narrowed it down to what the average is. Okay. The first year of dog ownership, you will see six pairs of chewed shoes. Just one? You usually get one. Six pairs. So six shoes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You will have five emergency visits to the vet. You will have 27. Chew toys shredded beyond belief. Four pieces of furniture will be damaged, and there will be at least six mad dashes to freedom as the dog slips the leash. Oh, mad dash. <laughs> yeah, you know, plus but, all the food you got to buy. And don't you have to get we're shots? We're not even counting that. Yeah, no. We're not no, counting this. But this I is, will say, and this is all the, the stuff dogs that dogs like the female scent. Mm-hmm. The, all our puppies like my shoes. Yeah, my stuff, mm-hmm. my underwear, my anything with my scent on it. Yeah, it's like the bears; they like the women, right? They <laughs> come if you're right. on the cycle, it's even double doodum. Yeah, and remember, you just have dog embarrassment. I mean, if your dog would go right to your friend's crotch, crotch and just be rooting around trying to, <laughs> my friend's like, what? My friend Lisa had a dog named Arlo, and this, uh-huh. it was a beagle, I think. Yeah, this is like in the late '80s, or early '90s, I think, and I'm over at her house. And I don't know why I had a, we were working out or something. We were going on a walk and I had a workout bag with a change of underwear, yeah. gym shorts. And I, I have no idea, but all of a sudden I'm looking for my bag and my underwear are shredded, shredded. behind her couch. Yeah. How well. embarrassing is that? And her husband's there and I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. those are my underwear. Glad they were clean. I mean, it was so yeah. embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. The end. Yeah. So... Anyway, but people love their dogs, and we do. But it, it's usually it usually was the female mm-hmm. scent. Is all I'm gonna say. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But that's what they've they've broken it down. Five emergency vets. You know that just yep. made me laugh. I'm like, okay, somebody had a theory. My, this is common just, to every dog owner. I just talked to my friend who Lady Di who just got a brand new Labradoodle mm-hmm. or something uh, named Coco, the yeah. cutest little brown chocolate brown Labradoodle. And she said they have to be that cute to be able to go through all that because oh, in the year, that's, that's the thing the with thing. puppies. They yeah, are. they're so cute. She just said first comment: "This dog is so much work. I can't remember. Didn't she need so much attention? Because you forget how much attention the if it's a, a puppy, a puppy. Mm-hmm. Then you teach them a trick to ring a bell if they want to go outside and pee, and then they just grab the bell all the time because they want attention. She's right? Like, she needs attention. Yeah. Right." Um, okay, now here's here's a story for you. Okay. Uh, people are washing their hands so much during COVID. Uh, it's uh, ruining people's skin because here's what we really have become hand washers this year. Oh, it's America. gross. How dry are you? I'm so dry. Well, the average American washes their hands 10 times a day and uses hand sanitizer eight times a day. And 62% of people say they feel panic. If they don't have their hand sanitizer on them, they've become so diligent with every the the virus is everywhere. And they like 57 percent of people say they just use hand sanitizer after they touch a door handle. 
a turn sale, a shopping right. cart. I keep it in my car. But 25% say they use it every time they touch anything public. Lori, well, here's the deal. I Just as a PSA, if your hand sanitizer freezes, throw it out. It doesn't have enough alcohol content. Okay. That was a random I forgot to okay. share last week. So if and it if, freezes, it's bad. It does nothing. Okay. And here is the theory that is true. If you buy a hand sanitizer that says it has vitamin E in it, lime oil, or glycerin... That will help your hands from getting extra dry. Mm-hmm. And some of them do have those. Well, I'm sure they're invented if they weren't out before they've come out this year. No, they're they're already out there. And yeah. I do see ones that say vitamin E and aloe with the 99.5%. I mean, my fingers but feel like they're going to crack. I've bought a couple of those with a nice that stuff. have said that. So I don't know if your hands are really feeling dry from, you know, I mean, and... You know, people, oh, with the acne on your face. I, well, I don't know, but I'm, you know, the, the one thing, I mean, Rago, you don't know this, but I mean, I have always been a very, very, very skeptical of men's hand washing prior okay. to the pandemic. In fact, m- most men, you know, just... Didn't, I, didn't have a watch. Why would you wash? You just shake. Yeah, you're, you think that now you're just shaking your magic wand. Why would I have to wash my right. hands? You know this from being a guy and uh, being in a men's room. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of that. But now I feel like... Men have, men have cleaner they hands. They've finally grown up and started washing <laughs> their hands. Well, so Dr. Fauci told us to. That's, that's right, right. A little blind golden golden spot. That's right. All mm-hmm. right. That's all That's all, all my right. theories. That's all I got for you today. All right. We'll be back. A Christmas Carol Peterson podcast presented by birthday boy David at First Equity. That's right. It's Theater Latte as original holiday comedy, A Christmas Carol Peterson, the podcast. You can hear it as a podcast on December 15th, or you can listen to it live on My Talk the 21st through the 24th at 7 p.m. right after the LoJ replay. That is such he a is. funny show. Todd's it's going to be, be good. Our mm-hmm. boss, uh, B. Arthur, has been putting this together. It's he, if you've never seen the, <laughs> the show, show, it's hysterical. He's going to be on with us next Wednesday to talk about it. Um, and there's time to mark your calendar. It's and thank you, David, for doing a that. A lot of it's based on his mom and Carol. the characters, and it's oh, hysterical. It is very hysterical. It is. Okay. okay. What? Well, I was just going to tell you about Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Kurt, what about them? Well, they're the cover of People. You showed me. Um, yeah. And they always get asked the same question. Why have you never gotten married? married? Blah, 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 blah. And they've and answered it a million a different million, clever ways. They're 39 years together. They met on Swing Shift. She is older than him by maybe five years. Maybe. I wonder if he gives her as much crap about that five years as you give me about our four years. We're not married and we're not having sex together, so I can... Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. Maybe... But you act like that's the Grand Canyon of age differences. And it really only is in between high high school. Well, because you're married to my older brother and he felt so much older growing up, Lori. Not anymore. He's older than I am. Yes, he is. So stop lumping me in with him. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) Okay, well, anyway, she just... They just said... They were cute because they've been interviewed. They just said, we've always just wanted to be around each other. We just really like each other. That's what they say, an iteration of that in every time. I don't even know why people ask them that question anymore. All right, fine. I'm not going to tell you. How about ASAP Rocky? If you want to read a good interview, read the Deborah Harry interview or the Frances McDormand. Holly posted that one. She's the cover of Vogue magazine. The January issue, now granted... 
the, you know, always the lowest I selling issue. I feel like issue. this has been a good year for magazines, though, because it's something different. To yeah, maybe. I love getting, I'm loving. Anyway, Frances is on the cover, and it's a really, she's a very interesting uh, actor. She made the author of Vogue promise not to put even a hint of where it was that she interviewed her. Because, really? yeah, where it was. And I guess the movie she's in that she's doing interviews Deborah for. Harry? No, well, um, Frances McDormand is promoting a movie called, uh, what is it called? Nomad Land. And it's by the director. Did you ever see that documentary about the, the horse rider? It was just called The Rider. And it was. I a, know what you're talking about, but no. Okay, it was about this Lakota rodeo cowboy. Mm-hmm. Set on the Pine Ridge Reservation. So it's the same director. And people are just going, she's, you know, Frances is amazing. And the Deborah Harry interview, they're just like asking her to, you know, weigh in because Deborah Harry was so groundbreaking. First of all, she was older than, you know, she was older than Madonna by 10 years. Right. And, you know, she was in her 30s when she became famous. And right. People were like, oh, she's so sexually explicit. And the best thing I read in that interview was about, she was asked about the WAP video. And she said, oh, well, maybe finally sexually explicitness is coming in vogue again. I love it. Is coming of age. That's what she said. Because, you know, it's like, that's, I don't know. I just like her. I, I know Deborah you. Harry. I mean, she's in. Here's something like Dolly even more about. So when Dolly Dolly Parton did Holly put Dolly on her shoulder? No, but someone <laughs> said that um, LoJ should have Rachel Bray on her shoulder, which Rachel I thought was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dolly Parton grabbed child actress from Path of Oncoming Vehicle while filming the Netflix movie. So this is literally what happened on the set. For her Christmas one? Yep, for the Christmas movie, Christmas in the Square. Parton saved her nine-year-old co-star from an oncoming vehicle while on the set. Talia Hall said she felt someone yank her back just as the car was headed in her direction. And she's like, well, I'm an angel, you know, because she plays an angel in the movie, the little girl said. And she just thinks that she's just everything. I got to watch that movie. I know. I know. You know why what? do all the Christmas movies though look alike? Well, because there's no, but all snow. of them, whether they're on Lifetime or Hallmark, because they have the same Netflix. elements. They have trees. They have snow. They have green and red. Uh-huh. They have all this stuff. Time uh, Magazine's Pet of the Year is a rescue animal. Um, mm-hmm. I know someone who's uh, rescued a an eleven year old cat because it's older. And she's like, I might be alone all winter. I need company. I need companions. Understood completely. Mm-hmm. If you like cats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know your mom doesn't like cats. I sent her a cat card and she threw it out the door at Casey and said, take this card back to your husband. Meaning me. <laughs> I know. Well, she gets that mixed up. <laughs> Rago is a cute Picture of a kitty. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. We don't like we cats. don't like cats in the. the we don't like family. cats. It's just because. What um, happened? How did you get <laughs> cat traumatized? Cleo and Cabrina. Mm. Cabrini. We loved the kitties, and then my brother got allergic, and they probably went to a farm, and we've been traumatized ever since. Is that right? So you did originally love cats? Yeah, Cleo and Cabrini. Hmm. We Cabrini. had kids. Somebody explain yeah. Cabrini. Cabrini. Well, after the Cabrini Church, Aunt Marlene. Oh, got it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I think of, of Cabrini Green. Green in Chicago, uh, the projects. Yeah. St. Francis Cabrini. I think I'm making that up. No, I don't think but you Cabrini are. Cabrini was the up. church that we would go to. It was right in Riverside, yeah. right over here. What about Fluffy? Wasn't there a cat? That Fluffy? was Fluffy, too, but the kitties were Cleo and Cabrini. Fluffy <laughs> was the big cat. You guys had three cats? Well, we had a cat and kitties. Oh, my. And then they all had to go away because my brother, I think, had I allergies. don't know that I ever really understood. So maybe your mom is I really sad in her heart. I have a picture of me holding cats, holding Fluffy. The cutest picture of me holding Fluffy with my horrible bang job. Um, right. We Be- had cats. Because your stripper the- name is Fluffy Fisher. That's right. <laughs> it is. It totally. Which is really a perfect mm-hmm. name for you as a stripper, at least the fluffy part. St. Francis you know, Xavier Cabrini. Fluffy. It's so- yes. I she knew. was an Italian American nun who was canonized as a saint mm-hmm. on July 7th, 1946. I wonder what. Didn't she have to do a miracle to become a saint? Mm-hmm. I'll have to look that up. So Cabrini, look at that, Julia. That was a good story. I haven't heard was that Cabrini one. I've known you a long time. I, who knows? Okay. Who could say? Yeah, who can say? I who? still can't tell how to tell the sex of a cat. Uh, you probably don't. You, you don't to want to know. Leave no, to but, but seriously, you don't know. Julia, I've, our family has never, ever owned a cat. We owned a hamster once, which I put on my mom's head. And she peed in my dad's Barca lounger, and I was in big trouble for making my mom pee her pants. But I was like, I had a bet with my sister. I don't I think mom. I don't think mom will know her beehive is so. Her hair was high or something. She was afraid of it, and so my my sister double dog dared me or whatever, and I put the hamster in her hair, and she peed in the corduroy. Lazy boy of my dad's. Okay, that's Corduroy kind of lazy boy. Corduroy like lazy that. boy. Oh, gosh. That, that was sounds hold, like a whole Someone hold the scent. Doesn't that just, you know, summon up 1976 or totally. something? Yes. It was tan. Oh, Probably yeah. had patches on the arms. Ruined the chair. Oh, oh stop. He uh, on a corduroy uh, chair. Oh, my gosh. I, I would have laughed hysterically. We were laughing hysterically because then, of course, the hamster was holding on to my mom's head. For dear life, as she was trying to swat it out of her hair. And then I think we had to get rid of the hamster. That was kind of sad. Oh, Oh my gosh. All right, everybody have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow. And by the way, it's Thursday. Happy Hanukkah again to everybody. Job done. Off you go.